Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Psalm 150. It's the last psalm in our Psalter. And all throughout the Psalms, there's 150 of them, from Psalm 1 through Psalm 149, most of it gives us some instruction regarding praise. But we notice something different in Psalm 150. There's really no instruction. It lacks descriptive praise. It's as if the psalmist is saying to us, just do it. Just do it. Just praise God. He's admonishing us here. While Psalm 1 gives us an intentional introduction to the Psalter, Psalm 150 is an appropriate conclusion to the Psalms. Over the next two weeks, Pastor Benoit and I will be preaching a short two-week series on finishing well and starting well. Next week, Benoit will preach from Psalm 1. He'll challenge us to look ahead to 2019. That psalm is filled with instruction to prepare us for devotion for the upcoming year. But before we look ahead, we want to look back. It's easy for us to look ahead, isn't it? January is famous for New Year's resolutions, making plans for the new year. These are fine. Goals are good. But how often do we look back? We want to finish 2018 well, and to that end, we want to spend some time in Psalm 150 today. Now, our psalm begins and ends with the same phrase, praise the Lord. It's a literary device called an inclusio. It's where the first phrase or idea and the last phrase are identical or at least very similar The point of that literary device is to say that not only are the beginning and end about that one subject, but everything else in between. And so what that means for our psalm today is that the whole psalm is about praising the Lord. Now, it doesn't take a rocket scientist or a literary genius to understand that when you walk through the psalm, because the psalmist is so explicit, every single phrase, every single verse starts off saying the same thing, praise the Lord, praise God. God, praise him, praise him, praise him. It's all throughout the psalm. Each verse starts with that admonition. To praise means to acclaim, to rejoice, to respond in thanksgiving to something or someone. It's an expression of appreciation. We praise the Lord because of our appreciation of him. It's our response to him. And the psalm exhorts us to praise the Lord always. It's always time to praise the Lord. There's never not a time when we should praise God. I was reminded this week of a story I heard recently. 
It was the story of a preacher who owned a horse. And this preacher was selling his horse. And there was a man who was interested in buying the horse. But the preacher said, before you buy it, I need to tell you something about my horse. My horse doesn't respond to normal horse vocabulary. It responds to a more spiritual vocabulary. So when you tell my horse to giddy up, it won't, won't understand it. It won't, it, won't, it won't go. What you need to say instead is praise the Lord. You tell the horse to praise the Lord, the horse will start walking and start galloping. Same thing if you want the horse to stop. doesn't use the normal language, whoa, it, it, it won't get that. If you want your horse to stop, you need to say amen. You say amen, the horse will stop. Those are really the only two commands you need to know with my horse. Praise the Lord and amen. So the man thinks this is fine. He buys the horse, pays for it, gets on the horse, and then rather gently and tenderly says, praise the Lord. And the horse starts walking. The horse starts galloping along. Everything is going fine until a rabbit starts darting across the path and scares the horse. And the horse turns in the other direction and starts sprinting as fast as he can towards a hundred-meter cliff. Now the man just got on his new horse. He starts freaking out a little bit, says, whoa. But, of course, the horse has a different vocabulary. Well, the horse keeps getting closer and closer to the cliff, and right before the horse falls off the cliff with the man, the man remembers and says, Amen! And thankfully, right at the edge of the cliff, the very edge, the man can even look down, the horse stops. Now the man is just sweating. He is sweating profusely. His heart is beating so fast. And then panting in relief of the situation, the man just raises his hands and says, Praise the Lord. <laughs> I suppose that's the only time it's inappropriate to say praise the Lord, right? That's the point of our psalm. We're supposed to praise the Lord all the time. There are no times when it isn't fitting to praise him. Praising God is fitting of his image bearers. It's what we were made to do. So here's the main point this morning. Praise the Lord always and everywhere for what he's done, for who he is, and with all that we have. Just one main point today. Praise the Lord always and everywhere for what he's done, for who he is, and with all that we have. Well, let's take those four parts of that phrase one at a time. So first, praise the Lord always and everywhere. Verse 1, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Well, where do we praise God? Well, everywhere. In his sanctuary and in his mighty heavens. And the sanctuary refers to the temple in Jerusalem. It's where God's people gathered. There's no temple today because believers are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We praise him everywhere on earth, everywhere we go, all places. He's also praised in heaven. The angelic realm is praising him now. The saints who've gone before us praise God. God is to be praised in the heavens where he reigns and on earth he, that he created in which he also reigns. He's to be praised everywhere. Our goal in life 
is to praise him. Now, what we're to do on earth for a few years is what we'll do for millions of years. It's what we'll do forever in eternity. Our life now is really a preparation for our life in heaven. Now, earth is the preseason for the real season. It's the dress rehearsal for the main event. Our lives are the pregame for the big game. Our lives are the preparation for the life to come. That's what this life is all about. That's why you exist. As Pastor John Piper has famously said, missions exists because worship doesn't. That's our goal for the nations, that they would worship God. It's our goal for our own lives, worship. It's why we were made. It's why we were created, to praise him. Our goal as a church is not that our church would be built up. It's not that our ministry would be made much of. Our goal in ministry is that people will worship and praise God. Psalm 46, that God will be exalted in all the nations, that he will be exalted in all the earth. Psalm 67, our hope is that the nations will be glad and sing for joy. We were made to praise God. Well, for what are we to praise God for? Well, praise the Lord always and everywhere for what he's done, for who he is, and with all that we have. So let's look at that second phrase. We praise the Lord for what he's done. Why do we praise the Lord? Look at this first part of verse 2. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Well, church, we're about to embark on 2019, but before we get there, we have to look back and give God the praise that is due. We have to praise God for what he's done. We praise God for creation. We praise God for our very lives. Did you know that God holds your life in his very hands. He gave you life. He sustains your life. And if he stopped for but a millisecond of sustaining this earth in your life, you would cease to exist. You woke up this morning because God woke you up. His mercies are new every morning. We also praise God for our friends. Our friends are a gift from God. We praise God for our parents and siblings, for our spouse and kids. We praise God even for our trials. That may sound counterintuitive to you, but God is always doing more in our trials than we can see with our eyes. He's sanctifying us and conforming us to the image of his son. He's strengthening our faith. He's encouraging others. He's helping us sympathize with others who are hurting. He's using our trials to glorify Christ. And so we praise him in the good times and the bad times. We praise him in plenty and in hunger. We praise him in abundance and need. We praise him when we're rich, and we praise him when we're poor. We praise him in all circumstances. And we praise God for our church. Redeemer Church of Dubai, this is a gift. We praise the Lord for our three months extension by the Community Development Authority to meet publicly in this hotel until at least through the end of January. We praise God for the Marriott Hotel who hosts us each week. We praise God for our government. Our rulers are remarkable gifts from God. We praise God for His Royal Highness Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum, the ruler of Dubai the vice president of the UAE. He is a blessing from God to us. We praise God that our rulers have named 2019 a year of tolerance in this land. 
We praise God that new churches have been started. We praise God for Crossroads Church in Jebel Alley led by Pastor Alvin. And we thank you for those that have come to faith already in their church. We praise God for City Bible Church, which was launched a few months ago, led by Pastor Marwan in Beirut, Lebanon. We praise God for the work in this land. We praise God for Dr. Eric Zeller and Trey O'Rear and the Gulf Training Center team. We have over 70 students studying theology and Bible every week. We praise God for these future leaders and future pastors. Our foundations year has gotten off to a great start. We praise God that he is raising up leaders in this place. We praise God for what he's done. A few minutes ago, we brought up the Jones family, and we praised God for their work in these nine years. Now, of course, there is sadness that they're going, but we're thankful to the, to the Lord for God's work in and through them. When Glenn and I talked about partnering together to plant this church way back in 2009, we couldn't have fathomed all that God would do in this place. We praise the Lord. He does more than we could have ever asked or imagined. So my prayer for Glenn and Donnie as they step off of this hotel steps today and as they step on to that plane tomorrow with their family, I pray that they will praise the Lord, that they will praise God for these years, that God has used them in hospitality, that God has used them to encourage the hurting, that God has used them in the friendships that they have made, that God has used them in building this church and others in and through them. Oh, we praise the Lord for them. We praise the Lord for all those who have gathered here in this church. Redeemer Church, praise the Lord. I could be up here all day and all night, and we could try hard to list all the ways that we can praise God, but we would never be able to exhaust the list because there's so much that we can praise our great God for. Well, friend, are you regularly taking time to praise God? Well, here's one way of considering this. What do you think about when you have nothing you have to think about? What do you think about in the down times when you're alone at the end of the day? What goes through your mind? What do you think about when you're lying in bed at night? Now, of course, there are headaches and hardships, but normally when your mind settles and there's empty space, where does your mind and heart go? Do you praise God? Are you thankful to God for what he's done in your life? Are you a glass half full kind of person or a glass half empty kind of person? Maybe you always focus on the health, relationships, money, and freedoms you don't have. Do you live a life of praise or a life of ingratitude? Do you proclaim or do you complain? The ultimate antidote to a life of ingratitude is to praise the Lord for his greatest act, the act of redemption. You Christians are not glass half full people because our cup overflows with God's grace. Well, Christian, what's the greatest act of God you can praise him for? Of course, it's the cross of Christ. We all rebelled against God. We rejected him. We rejected our creator. We told him we knew better than he did, and we tried to live our lives our own way. We wanted to have nothing to do with him, and we gave our lives to sin. Adam and Eve did that, and you and I do that. We deserve death and judgment. 
But God so loved the world that he gave us his one and only son. Jesus, God in the flesh, came to us. This is what we've been celebrating here on Christmas, is that God came to us, that Emmanuel has come, that God came to save his people from their sins. This is what Jesus did on the cross. It wasn't just a crucifixion. It wasn't just the death. He took upon God's wrath. He took upon our sin upon himself. Oh, fellow Christian, we can't forget this. We deserve the curse, but Jesus took it. We deserve death, but Jesus died. We deserve to face God's wrath, but Jesus faced it. It was there on the cross that the greatest of all exchanges took place. We should have been there. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord that God provided a way of escape for us. Praise the Lord that Jesus took the penalty for us. Oh, fellow Christian, praise the Lord for what God has done in saving you. And if you're here and you're not yet a follower of Christ, we're so thrilled that you're here. You're invited back anytime, but we pray that you would see God for who he is that you'd repent of your sin and trust in Jesus to save you, and that you would join us in praising God for this wonderful act. Well, praise the Lord always and everywhere for what he's done for who he is and with all that you have. Let's look at that third phrase. Praise the Lord for who he is. Look at the last part of verse 2. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. We praise God for what he does, but we also praise God for who he is no matter what he does. We praise him simply for who he is. He's glorious and holy. He's perfect and loving. He's powerful and all-knowing and everywhere. God is supreme over all things. He is supreme over every square centimeter on this planet. There's not a desert or a sea that he doesn't have dominion over. He rules over the mountains and the valleys. Every lion, every blue whale lives in submission to their creator. God rules and he reigns. He's in total control. Do you know that? Does your heart understand that? Do you live as if God is in control. He's in control over your marriages. He's in control over your singleness. He's in control over your family situation. He's not confused by your health ailments. He's not shocked by cancer diagnoses. He's not puzzled by your financial situation. Your visa problems aren't surprising to him. Oh, praise this God who rules the universe. I heard a a pastor use an illustration recently about a miracle berry, like a blueberry, raspberry, a miracle berry. It's called that because when you put it into your mouth and eat it, it makes everything sweet and everything tastes better that you eat after it. It originates in West Africa, actually. This miracle fruit in the 18th century, these European explorers noticed that the local people would eat one of these berries before they ate their meals. Well, if you eat one, then you put something in your mouth. It just makes it taste sweet and wonderful. Now, I personally love to do this before eating certain foods. Maybe you can think of a food that you'd love to eat a miracle berry before eating. For me, it's eggs. 
I know that's weird. I know most people love eggs and eat eggs. I can't eat eggs. I've tried three times in the last 35 years, and I failed on each attempt. I had a childhood trauma involving eggs, and so my grandmother, whom I, I loved dearly, but she wouldn't let me leave the breakfast table if I didn't eat her scrambled eggs. And I just couldn't do it. It was so traumatic. And so I did what any creative child would do. She wouldn't let me leave the table, so I did what I could to find excuses to get up, and I hid them around her house. Surprise! A little bit of scrambled eggs in the soil of her plants. A little bit of scrambled eggs under the tablecloth on her table. I even excused myself what probably looked like an obscene amount of times to go to the toilet to flush whatever I could down the toilet. I did whatever I could to avoid those dreaded eggs. Today, I can't even get eggs close to my mouth. The smell, the texture, the taste... But perhaps if I ate one of those miracle taste berries beforehand, then I'd be okay. If only there were a few of those laying around my grandmother's house, I would have survived. Well, the point the pastor was making in his illustration is that praise is the miracle fruit of the Christian life. When you praise God, no matter what you're going through, no matter what life feeds you, no matter how bitter the taste of your trial Our praise takes even the greatest sorrow and makes it pleasant to us. Praising God puts everything in perspective. And though life may be bitter at times, we're able to see God's sweet providence behind everything. Our praise honors God and works a miracle in our hearts. So friend, how was your 2018? For some of you, it might have been your best year ever. For others, it was a year to forget. But remember, God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. God is loving. He is love. God is gracious. He is grace. God is merciful and mighty. God is majestic and glorious. He's altogether lovely. No matter what you've been through or may face, Praise God for who he is, and he will make sweet all that's bitter. He'll do that in part today, and we know that he'll do it in full one day in glory. There's a day coming when that miracle fruit will be in full bloom. All our sadness will be turned to gladness, all our tears to delight. Our pain will be gain as our eyes behold the holy God of the universe face to face. No more sin, no more temptations, no more death. Oh, friend, that day is coming. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord always and everywhere for what he's done, for who he is, and with all that we have. Let's look at that final phrase. Number four, praise the Lord with all that you have. Look at verses three through six. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We praise God with all that we have and all that we are. And it's illustrated here with musical instruments and dance. Trumpet, lute, harp, tambourine, dance, strings, pipe, sounding cymbals, loud clashing cymbals. This is why we use instruments and why we sing. God tells us to. It's why we sing on our own. It's why we listen to music. It's a gift from God. 
That's why Pastor Glenn and others led us in the recording of a worship music album, Everlasting God. We praise God with instruments. Music has always been important to declare praise. That's why we spend so much time singing in our services. Now, I love singing. But if you've noticed, I'm nowhere to be found on the Everlasting God CD. You may have noticed that I've never once, not once, been on the music team at Redeemer. Now, let me tell you something. I can't even get an audition. Now, I'm sad. Let me just be clear about one other thing. I'm sad that Pastor Glenn's leaving. I really am. But, of course, I realize here's my chance. (laughs) This is the moment that I've been waiting for for nine years. John Yanni, let's do this, brother. You and me, Redeemer Dubai Music Team 2.0. We're going to do it. Now, even if I never make it on the music team, even if that never happens, I'm going to sing. I'm going to keep singing on Fridays for better or for worse. I sing my heart out. And I know, Pastor Glenn, you don't have to tell me. I know my voice is no angelic utterance. I know. But it's okay. I'll sing loudly anyway. I've heard it said the reason we sing is not because we have a great voice. The reason we sing is because we have a reason to sing. The reason we sing is because we have a reason to sing. We have a great God. We have a God who has saved us and a God who has brought us into relationship with him. We have a great God. Let everything that has breath praise this God. And so Redeemer Church, are you praising the Lord? Are you praising the Lord in song? Are you praising the Lord with your heart? Are you praising the Lord with your mind? Are you praising the Lord through the good times and the bad times? Well, the reason we praise the Lord is because we have reasons to praise the Lord. Are you praising God for 2018? Well, praise God for this past year. Take time in the next few days, before you look ahead to the next year, before you write down goals or aspirations or resolutions, take time and look back and give God the praise. And here's an assignment for each of us. Today or tomorrow, sometime this weekend or the the next time you have a, a day off, I want each of us to take an hour by ourselves just to sit all alone to pray and to praise God for this past year. You can take a walk alone, whatever it is, just get by yourself between you and God and to pray and to praise God, to look back at this year and to reflect on what God has done. God's faithfulness in the past is both a model and a promise of his faithfulness in the future. But God is way too creative. He is way too wonderful to do it the same way twice. Now, God's faithfulness in the past is a powerful encouragement as you look to the future. God's faithfulness in the past propels us to this new year. God was with us in 2018, and God will be with us in 2019. Look at what God has done in the past. Praise him. Look back before you look forward. See what our great God has done, and let it melt your heart. Praise the Lord always and everywhere for what he's done, for who he is, and with all that you have. Let's pray together and we'll take communion. Oh, Father, we thank you for 2018. We thank you for your faithfulness to us and we praise you. Oh, Father, let all that we have and all that we are praise you. 
Would we praise you for who you are? Would we praise you for what you've done? Would we praise you for saving us and changing our hearts? Would we praise you for life? Would we praise you for godliness? Would we, we praise you for this church? Would we praise you for all that you've given us? And as we approach the communion table now, oh, would we praise you for all things? We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.